The last thing you want to do when you're cooking barbecue and trying to relax is wrestle with a cooker that's just running way too hot. Hey, today on our third part of this uh, Ugly Drum Smoker series, we're going to talk about my drum smoker runs too hot. What causes that and what do we got to do to fix that? Hey, you're listening to the Barbecue Culture Podcast. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Frank Cox. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hey, uh, you know, this last few episodes, we've been talking about ugly drum smokers. Uh, we went over some some basics of startup. We went over my drum smoker runs, doesn't get hot enough. It stays below a certain temperature or whatever. We covered a little bit of construction basics. And uh, now we're going to get into, uh, you know, this thing. I just can't control it. It's just running too hot. And, you know, I've been there many times, whether it be a contest or cooking in my backyard or uh, whatever, you know, we're working at the shop and I forget about stuff and things get out of hand. Um, You know, with the prices of meat and uh, how often we want to cook and things like that, the last thing we want is to ruin a pork butt or a brisket or whatever we're cooking on. And uh, so what I want to do here is kind of start talking about air control again. Um, you know, everything with, with, uh, running a pit comes down to the fire triangle, right? So we've got oxygen, we've got fuel and we've got spark. And, you know, if you get right down to it, those three things are always going to be the problem. The first two specifically more often. So if we, uh, if we look at, at, uh, you know, oxygen air, for instance, we're going to, you know, the first job is controlling airflow. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. That's how you master a pit. The, the second job is knowing how much fuel to have in the cooker or how much lit fuel to have in the cooker at one time. The, the bonus with charcoal is that we can light a little bit of it, put it on top of a big pile of charcoal. And if we control the amount of combustion air that gets to it, then we can also control temperature and we can get a longer burn time. That that's really helpful, you know, whenever it, it comes to running cooker to think to running a cooker to think about that. How what would cause our drum to run warm or not be able to control it? Well, I mean, yeah, granted you could just have way too much fuel lit at one time. Let's say that you've got eighteen pounds of charcoal and you pour lighter fluid all over it heaven forbid, and you light that thing on fire, well, all of that charcoal is going to wind up lighting at one time. If you have a little bit of air, like your damper turned on a little bit, that's one thing. But when you first start up the cooker, if the lid's off for too long of a period of time and this whole thing is on fire now, you've basically got a rocket stove. You can put the lid on it, for a time, it's going to still be hot, though, because the barrel is full of air still. So you got to think about it in, in terms of not just the amount of air you're letting get to the fire. You've also got to think about how much air is in the cooker at startup and how much fuel I've got lit. That's why we tell you to light just a small bit of fuel in a charcoal chimney and dump on top. Let the rest of it burn like a fuse. Now, Whenever it comes to uh, starting up your cooker, remember, the one thing we said is that you've got to put the lid on. You've got to keep the lid on. Don't let it off for a long period of time. Why would we say that? Well, because if you have the lid off, it's getting more air. You're not controlling air. It's getting all the air the fire wants at that period of time. 
So let's say that we did a proper startup. We've got a minimal amount of fuel that's lit, like the size of one charcoal chimney, which is, you know, let's say it's about a pound and a half of charcoal. It's not a lot. And we dumped it up on top of that, uh, that charcoal basket, and we got our fire going, and we put everything together, and we shut the lid right away. We got our dampers tuned to the startup position, and everything should be running fine now, right? Well, the other thing that can cause uh, your cooker to run too hot is air leaks. So you might start off with the right amount of air, and you might start off, you know, controlling temp for the first hour or so. But as that charcoal bed starts to starts to spread, you know, the fire through it downward, more charcoal will be lit over time. And when that happens, if we have air leaks or you know, uh, different places. Let's say that uh, you've used an old barrel that had an extra hole in it that you didn't know about, or a rusty barrel had holes in the bottom of it, or something like that. The air is leaking in through that hole. When more fuel is on fire, it's going to suck more air into the barrel. The fire is going to seek air. That's always what's going to happen. It's going to move towards the air uh, wherever the air source is, it's going to suck as much air as it possibly can get. So places to look for leaks in your cooker. Well, we're going to look around, like if you bought one that somebody welded up or you welded it yourself, you're going to want to look at those welds and make sure there's no pinholes in it. Now, a really small pinhole won't make that big of a difference, but if you've got, you know, welds that didn't burn in right, you could have air leaks where you didn't, you can't even see a hole. It's pretty tough to spot those, but those those can let air in. Anywhere where there's a weld, uh, you've got like flanges. If you bolted on your, your air inlets and your exhaust and different contraptions onto this drum, make sure that all of those things are sealed with like uh, silicone or, or something like that. On your, your lid, let's say you burned out your drum and you took your lid and put it on top of the drum while you were burning the drum out. This can cause what we call the taco effect. <laughs> the taco effect is where the, the lid literally gets this, this arc in it. And you're going to have a really hard time getting that lid to seal. You know, you can put gasket in there and things like that, or you can uh, try many ways of trying to fix that. But the, the best way to do it is to take that lid on a good flat surface and look at where the arc, it, the, the, the bend is in it. And if you don't have a smokestack installed on it or whatever, you can take it and flip it upside down over like a two by four and just really lightly, gently, just kind of put a little pressure on it and just work it slowly over time back into shape and take the taco out of it. You got to be careful doing that, but that's what we've done in the past. Anyway, so then you can put gaskets in your lid and stuff like that. Now on your air inlets, and, uh, you know, your exhaust stacks, when we talk about sealing those things, you know, one good way to know for sure if you've got air leaks is, is leave it out in the rain and then rain, leak, you know, sits on the lid and it'll leak inside and you'll see water down inside your drum. You know, that's one good way to do it or you can just do it with a hose or whatever. But, uh, you know, you want to make sure and put that silicone around the, the, like if you drilled an inch and a half or a two inch hole, just put a little bead of silicone all the way around that hole and then just put a little daub on the outside edges of your uh, bolt holes. And uh, you just don't want to put so much on there that it's going to goosh out whenever you bolt your parts together. 
on uh, the like pipe nipple style air inlets, you can really struggle with trying to get those sealed up, especially if you don't know how to weld. So what we used to recommend is that you would take and put a conduit lockering on this pipe nipple and put one on there and then stick it through the hole and put another one on the backside. That's going to leak like a son of a gun. You're going to have to do something with that, with silicone or some kind of uh, high temp washers of some kind, anything like that, that you can get in there to seal those holes up. You know, I used to actually use pipe thread sealant for a while and drill my holes real tight and, uh, and actually thread the pipe nipples in for people. But, you know, it's, it's just better off all the way around if, if you, uh, you know, just use some high temp food grade silicone. You know, when you do have air leaks under control, Let's, let's just say that you don't have any air leaks in your drum and you're still having problems with this. If you're using the open design inside your drum and you take the lid off and you put it back on, what's going to happen is, is it's, it's working like a bellows. So like if you know what a bellows is, that's the little thing that has two handles on it that you aim at the fireplace and you, you, know, you squeeze it, open it and shut it a whole bunch of times and it blows air out of it on a fire. Well, that's basically what happens when you lift the lid up and push it down, hold your hand over the smokestack and just feel the gush of air that comes out of that smokestack. It's, it's literally going to poof air out of the smokestack and the air inlets. So what's happened is you've, you've pulled the lid off and when the, in order for the lid to come open, believe it or not, it's going to have to suck some air into the barrel to release the lid, even though you can't feel it. And when you push the lid back down, it's going to have to blow out that extra air, displace it, let's say, in order to get the lid back on. So that being said, every time you open that lid and close that lid, you're going to have some kind of a flare-up. So what's, how do we fix that? Okay, well, we're never going to fix Mother Nature on that deal. So the best thing we can do is try to compensate for it. So if you look at our baffle designs, we make those baffles to where they, they're tight, almost tight anyway, around the edge of the drum with the exception of enough room to get your finger in there to pull the lid, up, the, the piece up and out of there. And those baffles, we sit those on top of a heat shield. And so whenever our fully loaded drums, like we said in the last episode, have, have all the components put in there and the baffle plate is down on top of that heat shield, there's a gap between the bottom of the heat shield and the charcoal basket using our system about three inches and inside of there we call that a mixing chamber so what happens is the the whole point of having a baffle plate is not just to protect from juice putting your fire out and like you know the the juice is rendering a lot of juice anyway we're talking rendering getting on the fire putting the coals gluing them together and all that that that's not just the only thing we're also trying to restrict the amount of air volume that can come up out of that charcoal basket at one time whenever we open and shut the lid. So if we can slow that down and restrict the, the, the volume of that air, it'll, it'll help us prevent these flare-ups. So we call that restriction. We're, we're adding the appropriate amount of restriction on top of the charcoal basket that's going to prevent a jet turbo blast from coming up out of that charcoal basket whenever we open the lid. The other thing baffle plates do is they add a heat sink. So 
this will this will add to evening out your temperature in the drum. Um, not all baffle plates work that way. Pizza pans definitely don't work that way because they're not thick enough material. But if you had the premium baffle plate, you'd see what I mean because you basically got a quarter inch or almost three sixteenths of metal sitting in there that's that's absorbing heat and helping to uh, you know evenly distribute that that heat coming up out of the charcoal basket. Now you hear me say the words air mass and velocity a lot. Let me define what I mean when I'm talking about that. So that comes from my mechanical background, uh, mostly in the HVAC industry is kind of where I picked up all that. So whenever we talk about air, you'll hear people say fluid dynamics sometime. Fluids does not mean liquid. Fluid means any kind of a mass, like air mass, you know, uh, liquid, anything like that, that can be moved. Um, whether it be by a fan or a pump or anything like that, or will flow. And so air is definitely a fluid, just like other gases and things like that. You can literally calculate how much air is moving, but when you wave your hand through the air, you can, you can feel that air is moving across your hand, therefore air has density. What we're talking about when I say air mass and volume, so the inside of your barrel, you can calculate this. I don't have my calculator handy. I'm not going to bore you to death with that. But you have your diameter and you have the height of the barrel. And using those numbers, we can figure up how much cubic inches of that, that barrel holds. You know, 55 gallons of water, 55 gallons of air at whatever the outside pressure is. And so when we say air mass, that's one volume for that barrel. So we're moving one volume of that air when we're moving air. Velocity is how quick that air is moving. So we have volume and velocity. So when we restrict air with our baffle plate, we're causing the velocity to slow down. Therefore, not as much air can get into that barrel unless we increase the pressure, if that makes sense. That statement right there is why I do not recommend any kind of a draft motor, draft control on an ugly drum smoker. You do not need it. It is pointless. What you're doing, it's great if you if you want to set it and forget it, I guess. You can call it that, but ugly drums are set it and forget it if they're built right. And also, there's other devices out there that can get you the, uh, you know, the, the Wi-Fi temp control and things like that that you need. When you put a draft motor on an ugly drum... What you're literally doing is you're blowing air into the drum faster than it needs air. Therefore, you got to deal with that air somehow. The fan comes on and goes off and pulses the best it can. But when you're dealing with wind currents and, uh, you know, different things, you know, Mother Nature throws at you, you're going to wind up wrestling your, your temp control a little bit. So take it from Frank. You don't need it. <laughs> anyway, so... The third point I want to cover here is, you know, get taking the lid on and off a whole lot. You know, like I said, every time you pull that lid off, you're going to wind up like bellows in the drum. You're going to wind up sucking air in and then pushing air back out. Now, if you have a baffle plate, you're probably not going to be experiencing that too much. But when, the, when we face this is like when we're cooking a whole lot of little stuff like chicken wings or, you know, ABTs and, and, and little stuff that we've got on the cooking grate. You know, you got the lid off, you want to flip everything, flip all your chicken wings. You want to sauce them. You want to do all this stuff. 
that that takes quite a bit of time with the lid open like that, and you're going to wind up fighting uh, fighting uh, spikes and temps that way. So what we recommend is having some kind of a wooden or metal table handy, and or whatever you can come up with that's not combustible, won't melt, definitely not plastic tables and stuff. Get you a good pair of hot gloves. Now, there's all different kinds available. Um, what we used to use forever and we still do is we get the 99-cent cotton uh, you know, farm gloves, I used to call them, and we put those on first. And then we take a latex nitrile glove. I, I use like a 9 mil from Harbor Freight. I use the thickest one I can get. And if you put those on there, you basically got potholders on your hands. You can pick up 300-degree you know, pans or whatever, and they will not burn. Um, of course, I'm telling you that from experience, but you need to be careful so you don't burn yourself. But anyway, what I recommend is use those, or you can get like the gloves from Grill Beast and uh, Cosmos Q also has them. They literally have Kevlar in them and things, and you can pick up lit charcoal. I've done it myself just to test it out, and it works great. So you won't burn your hands. And you reach in there and grab the handles on your cooking grate, lift the grate out, set it down on whatever surface that you found that's, that works for this application, shut the lid. Now you can do all of your flipping and saucing and all that stuff outside the drum and then pick it up, open the lid, pick your thing back up, set it back in there, shut the lid right away. Now we've minimized how much that lid is open. The other thing will happen is you could be micromanaging your cooker. I mean, you know, Nobody wants anybody sitting over and barking all the time, and neither does your cooker. So just kind of leave it alone. Let it coast. It'll be fine. You know, uh, that's you, you just got to learn how to trust your cooker. Figure out what it takes to cook and run your cooker, and then just, just don't worry about, like, staying within a degree or two of set point. I mean, it's it's 10 degrees isn't going to make that big of a difference, you know. Um, too often we, we get stressed out about what our, uh, temperature is running in our cooker and it can just, it can just ruin a cook. You won't be having fun, you know, and that's the whole point of this deal. Well, Hey fellas, I really appreciate you listening to the show here. I got one thing to ask from you before I wrap up. If you don't mind, give us a a subscribe, you know, hit the little dinger. We called it yesterday, (laughs) hit the subscriber button. And, uh, you know, give us a, a review, whatever platform you're, li- you're listening on. Let us know how we're doing. We're starting to be quite a bit technical with all of our information. Um, we'll be moving on to some food here short enough. But also, if you don't mind, we've got a little website there where we gather data from guys like you that struggle with all kinds of things like I did. And uh, all you got to do, go to ask.thebbqculture.net. There's a little form there. Just fill that thing out and hit go. Frank will read it. That's me. And uh, I'd love to answer your questions on the air. That's where we're getting our ideas for content. So uh, anyway, light a fire. Convert somebody to the BBQ culture. See ya.